When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday, June 24th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh wasn't the ending to the road trip that Guardians uh, fans and, and players had necessarily hoped for. A one nothing loss uh, in a getaway day game at Target Field, but the Guardians come home with a 7-2 and road trip, I think far exceeding the expectations of of many people who are around the game and and really despite the loss still probably one of the hottest teams in baseball. Yeah, definitely Joe. Uh just uh you know it was a tough loss. One nothing. But uh, if you look at it in, as a whole, you know, the trip couldn't have gone much better. You sweep the Rockies take two out of three against really a great uh, Dodger club and go in and take two out of three from the twins to move into a percentage point lead uh, in the AL central. So, you know, if you drew it up, you know, that's, that's about as good as you can draw it up. But it doesn't stop there. They come home now and they face uh, a homestand where they get uh, Boston for three games and then five more against the twins uh, before a weekend series with the Yankees leading into the 4th of July holiday. So uh, we're going to see what this team is made of. The The nice part about that is it's going to be at home moving forward. Yeah, and, you know, they've played, I think, probably the fewest home games in American League. So hopefully they get some crowds there. You know, you you saw how energized they were in at Dodger Stadium playing in front of those big crowds, you know, forty to 50,000 every night. And that really, you know, that that caught the, uh, the Guardians players' attention. It would be nice if they, you know, packed the ballpark or you know came close to it at at Progressive Field, and because they certainly they they deserve a little recognition from the fans. You would think by the way they played, and uh, but it is going to be a tough stretch, Joe. I mean, like you said, Boston five against the Twins. Oh, oh, yeah, and then, then comes the best team in baseball, the Yankees, who swept you in the Bronx earlier in the year. A little bit of carryover from that series as well. We know emotions were running high on the uh, on the last day of, of that visit to the Bronx. Uh, let's really quickly go back and recap yesterday's game. Not a lot of scoring, not a lot of action. Uh, a Nick Gordon's solo home run was the only run scored in the game, but the, uh, the Guardians did have a chance uh, to come back and answer and, and, and really uh, had a couple of opportunities to put runs on the board, uh, none the least of which uh, was Joe Smith on the mound for uh, Minnesota and the bases loaded with nobody out. And uh, Joe Smith worked some sort of magic to get out of it. Uh, in, one of the, in one of the plays, he got a ground ball uh, to Gio Urshela, I think with one out, and uh, Framil Reyes at third base. And they, uh, you know, Urshela bobbled the ball. 
I think Reyes might have thought that Urshela was going to try and turn two on the play. Uh, so he might not have been running his hardest into the home, into home. Uh, but it turns out they, they, they got the force at the plate. Uh, and that, you know, might have cost uh, Cleveland a run there. Yeah, uh, that was the second out of the inning. Then uh, um, and just a weird, weird inning. I didn't think it was, you know, look, looking at the play live, Joe, I didn't think it was that close of a play. I thought he was out by plenty. But, you know, you look at the replay and it was a close play. And, um, the, I, you know, just Franmil left the bag hard going on contact. You could tell that, you know, he, was, he had his head down. He was digging hard. Uh, and I think, you know, like like we, we were talking about, I think he thought, you know, Urshela was going to turn a double plate in, in the game, in the inning. And But when Urshela bobbled it, he only had one play at home. He came at home and, you know, got him by a couple steps. Uh, does Is it closer if uh, Framno slides? You know, probably. But I still think he's out. But it, it could have been – it's just if you had eyes in the back of your head, you know, you, you could have seen that coming, but unfortunately he didn't, you know, he kind of pulled up at the end and turned around to see what was going on. Yeah. Knowing the kind of defender that Urshela is, you know, you can't blame Framil Reyes for if he's got his, his head turned to the play, you know, just naturally assuming that Urshela was going to make that play and, and, and go from there. Uh, but, you know, we, it goes back to Terry Francona always talking about, you know, playing the game the right way, running the bases hard, doing the little things and doing them every time consistently. Like uh, like in Ahmed Rosario, uh, he he constantly brings up as a as an example of the way Ahmed Rosario busts his way down the first baseline. And he says, if you if you don't do that every single time, then there's the result, you know, is going to catch you, is going to find you. And I think that might have been a situation. Uh, was 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 Tito asked about the possibility of pinch runners at all in that situation? Yeah, no, he was not, and uh, that's probably my fault for not asking him. I think I still think it's a little early to do that. You know, or sh- I mean, uh, Fran Mill had, you know, he had, you know, in the inning, Gonzalez, you know, opened the inning with the walk. Fran Mill doubled him to third. So you know, if you pinch run Quan there. You know, you're taking your big bat out of the lineup. Maybe he didn't want to do that that early. Maybe, um, you know, so, I, you know, that's a debatable question to me. I mean, you I, you usually don't see him make pinch, pinch running moves that early in the game. It's usually right. in the eighth or ninth inning. Right. And, you know, a guy that uh, they they actually DFA'd Oscar Mercado earlier in the week. So that would be a guy with, with good speed who they – you know, would have normally put in a situation like that uh, as a right-handed bat uh, to, to counteract whatever pitching move they, the, the twins would have made in, in the bullpen. Uh, okay. So the other part of this equation is Zach Plesak, you know, another really strong outing, two very good uh, starts on this road trip, uh, but nothing to show for it. Uh, no decision and a loss. Uh, despite pitching extremely well, probably the best we've seen him all season on this trip. Uh, what do you think of Zach Plesak and the way he pitched uh, the last two outings? I thought he was great, Joe. I mean, uh, he holds, he goes to head to head with uh, with Clayton Kershaw in LA, you know, battles him to a standoff, six, six innings, gives up a run, I think. And last yesterday gives up a run in six innings against uh, lefty Devin Smeltzer, who, you know, baffled the Indians or the Guardians again. Um, 
And uh, just uh, this guy can't, <laughs> this guy can't buy get a break, Joe. I mean, he he needs a couple runs. You know, he 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 needs some some offensive support. I think they're averaging just you know two point three two point three or two point four runs per game. That's what runs of support he's getting per start. And you're not going to win games like that. You can't pitch much better than he has the last two times out. Right. Yeah. Plesak is very, very chill, very Zen. Uh, you know, he's, he's got the right attitude and approach when he says things, but you can tell the emotions on his, on his sleeve when he's, he's out there. You know, there were a couple of calls that he didn't get a couple of low strike calls that he didn't get. And you could tell after that it, you know, he took a, a second to walk behind the mound. He was, he was upset. It extended his, his pitch count maybe a little bit. Uh, didn't necessarily affect the the score of the game at that point, but uh, you know this this is a guy who frustration is is building. You can definitely tell. Uh, they you do your job. You go six innings. You get you give up one run. You should at least be able to factor in a decision there, and it shouldn't go against you. Uh, but like you said, Devin Smeltzer was was lights out. He he changed speeds and he he really was was tough on all the right-handed hitters for uh for the guardians yeah they've scored one run against this guy in two starts this season and i'm sure they'll see him again you know next week in in cleveland when you know the twins arrive for five games joe what in, in this getting back to the seventh inning what do you think uh should should tito a pinch hit you know he he you know he let he had a bunch of right-handers in there against you know side armor joe smith and he had three lefties on the bench. He had, you know, Palacios, Naylor, and uh, and Quan. Yeah, I, I I think not having a, a balance on the bench there with at least one more right-handed bat available uh, to come in kind of hurt, uh, you know, what Tito wanted to do. And he's also trying to protect some guys. You know, he, he gave Naylor a day off. He wanted Austin Hedges a day off. You're certainly not going to pinch hit. Austin Hedges for anybody so yeah there was there wasn't a lot of flexibility there I think he was sort of you know he had his hands tied a little bit and it might have been you know a a little bit of self-tying there uh but yeah I I don't question the decision not to pinch hit in the seventh uh because you were going to see uh uh the 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 big lefty that they closed out the game with Bielhart Caleb Thielbar Thielbar, yeah, Caleb Thielbar. Uh, you were going to see him at some point, anyways, because Smith had already faced three batters. So uh, anybody they brought off the bench uh, from the left side was going to get a lefty thrown against him, anyhow. Yeah, and there was one point uh, Frank Conner raised. You know, um, Ramirez was DHing yesterday, uh, so you know he said if uh, if they pinch hit Naylor, you know Naylor's got to go play first. Then you got to move Owen Miller to third. Uh, you know, and he did. I think I don't think he felt felt real comfortable with Miller playing third. I don't think he's play, he hasn't played there that no, much. No, so I think you know he kind of got pigeonholed a little bit just by having you know that usual lefty lineup. You know, when, when Ramirez DHs, when he, they you know they give him a break, and you and you've got Clement playing third. So lots of factors in there, and then then in the ninth inning, you know, uh, uh. Andres Jimenez, uh, the the secret weapon, uh, you know, doubles off, uh, you know, in a lefty lefty matchup, doubles mm-hmm. off field bar with one out. So you, you, the tying run is at second base again, scoring position. 
And then, uh, you know, but uh, Clement, you know, bounces out. And then, you know, you pinch hit Quan there in the lefty-lefty thing. And uh, and Quan strikes out, and that's it. So just a, kind of a frustrating, you know, it, 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 it wasn't a seamless game for the for the – for the G's. Right, right. And uh, you're right about Andres Jimenez being the, the secret weapon there because you might think bringing uh, Theobar in, in in the late innings to face a lefty is is the way to go if you're Rocco Baldelli, but Andres Jimenez has reverse splits against left-handed pitchers. He, he's he's lights out, in, especially in the late innings, uh, driving the ball to, to left field the way that he does. Uh, just been an all-around great season so far for Jimenez, especially late in games. So uh, you know, can't can't blame Baldelli for for trying what he did, but uh, good to see Jimenez continue to come through uh, regardless of the outcome. Uh, so now we're looking ahead uh, tonight. Uh, I, what do you, what do you think of this? The every uh, fan in attendance is going to get one of those Jose Ramirez T-shirts. Uh, those the, are cool t-shirts the the boys the boys love those everybody on the team was wearing them i think tito was wearing them, the coaches the training staff even andre not had one on uh not surprising to hear that but uh <laughs> as far as you know just the the affection that this this organization now and really the 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 club has for ramirez uh ever since he committed to cleveland I think uh, that was the the big move. It, not a, not a surprise to see uh, a T-shirt with his with his giant head on the on the shirt. That's the, <laughs> that's all it is. I think everybody needs the uh, the chain to go with it. Everybody needs one of those uh, one of those Jose Ramirez wearing a chain wearing a chain uh, medallions uh, to to wear as well, and that completes the outfit. But uh, so that's what the that's the environment that we'll be stepping into at the ballpark tonight. Uh, as they welcome Boston to town, and this is this is not a series to be overlooked or taken lightly. Uh, the Red Sox come in as one of the hottest teams in baseball. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the fans travel well. There's going to be a, a lot of Boston fans in there, I know, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a fun series. Um, and uh, you know, I, I'm a little worried about Ramirez, Joe. Uh, it looked like uh, you know that thumb injury. He didn't look like the same hitter against the twins to me, as we saw, you know, well, he had two games off in LA, but in Colorado where he just killed it. And uh, he, it looks like the sting has gone, maybe taken, taken out, gone out of his bat a little bit. I think there's, there's obviously something going on with that hand. Yeah. It's uh, something to, to keep track of and, and keep in mind. Uh, and, and Boston, you know, can, can take advantage of that. They're the, they're one of the teams that can definitely do that. Uh, the Red Sox have won uh, each of their last six series. They're 10-1-2 and two in their last 13 series uh, after opening the season 1-7-1 and one, uh, through their first nine. And their plus 39 run differential in June is the second best mark in the AL on fourth best overall in the majors. So uh, this is a team that can score runs. Uh, they know how to win. Uh, they rank second in the majors with a 2.74 team ERA in June. Uh, so, and they've only allowed 15 home runs in June and that's the fewest in the majors. Uh, so for a team like Cleveland that doesn't hit a lot of home runs, uh, they're going to have to manufacture runs during this series. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think that's the approach they've taken the whole year. I'm, we were talking to a after the game 
And he said, you know, I, from when he was on rehab in Columbus, he was watching his teammates, uh, you know, take that you know, kind of small ball approach to, you know, kind of, you know, stay away from, you know, big ball, you know, st stay away from, you know, big swings and just, just meet the ball like he did in, in the seventh inning with that double down the left field line. He said, you know, he's going to take that approach, try to take that approach and, and see, see how far it takes him. So I think everybody else on this club has bought into that and you can really see, I mean, obviously it's harder to score runs, you know, you, you know, you, you instead of, you know, one, three run Homer, it, it takes three, two or three or four, you know, hits in an inning. To, to get something going, to get a rally going, but Hey, it's worked so far. It's kind of a, uh, you know, a, an outlier approach uh, in, mm -hmm. in, in this day and age of the big leagues. Uh, this series should also be fun, you know, later in the games uh, for sure. Uh, so, so if you're late arriving to the ballpark or you're late tuning in, uh, you'll be all right. There, there should be plenty of action from these sixth, seventh, eighth innings on, uh, Cleveland batting 251 against opposing relievers, and that's the best mark in the American League. Uh, and with runners in scoring position in the seventh inning or later, uh, the Guardians are hitting 283, and that's actually tied with Boston for the best mark in the majors. So, or in the I'm sorry, in the American League. So, these are both teams that know how to score runs late, uh, and Really, it could come down to a question of whose bullpen can outlast the other one. Yeah, I mean, Boston has a great offense, Bogarts and and Devers. I mean, Devers, what what did he have? Like six straight hits last last time he appeared in Cleveland. It was it was unbelievable. They, they yeah. should have stopped. If it was a fight, they would have stopped it in the in the fourth round. Uh, but uh, you know, they, they've got a great offense. It's going to be a fun a fun series, Joe. And Joe, what what about uh, uh, subtext? What what can we tell the fans about or the listeners about it? I think we're starting to get into the meat of the season, and I think it'd be great. It's a, it's really kind of a great gift or a great way to get you know get some inside information on on the Guardians. Right. Well, first let's tell them how to sign up for it. Go to cleveland.com/slash/subtext, uh, or if you want to send a text message to 216-298-4346. And it, it, we'll, we'll get you signed up. It's $3.99 a month. And it's a subscription service where you can talk, uh, have conversations back and forth with myself and Hoinsey. Uh, send us questions, have your questions answered uh, on the podcast or uh, in print. And, and really, it, it's, it's a, a great sort of, uh, you know, line of communication for, for real Guardians fans to, to sort of uh, check in on the team. The best thing is, after every time we're in a, a press conference or a post game uh, with Tito or with any of the players, uh, we we basically sum it up really quickly on subtext and push out a, an alert to everybody uh, of what we we found out or what we're working on, uh, even if it's something more long range, uh, like you know I'm working on a Josh Naylor uh, feature that's that should be coming within the next week, and you know the stuff that I'm finding out uh, about his background. Uh, it's been really interesting, and I've been able to share a few of those things uh, occasionally after talking to coaches and, and teammates and players. Yeah, and uh, uh, today we posted a couple store, you know, a couple questions, you know, asking uh, the subscribers what they thought of uh, Francona not pinch hitting in the seventh, or you know, Fran Reyes's efforts, uh, effort going to going to you know 
going home on on that contact play and great responses. And uh, these, you know, these guys are serious baseball people, fans, and it's fun to uh, get their feedback. Yeah, it's a great way to second guess Tito, I guess. Is if, you, <laughs> if you're frust- if you're frustrated shouting at the TV screen, then uh, then uh, join subtext and we'll uh, we'll commiserate with you as you you uh, share your frustrations on on Terry Francona's managing decisions. I'm I'm sure he'd love to hear about that. Uh, <laughs> Hoinsey, uh big series this weekend. Uh, you'll be there Saturday night. Uh, I've got the game tonight, uh, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again. Uh, in the future, uh, in, in future editions of the uh, Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, uh, we'll hook back up with you. Good deal, Joe.